Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Praise God. My name is Deborah Molly, and I bring greetings from my husband and family. We love you all. I would like to take this opportunity to thank our shepherd for giving me this opportunity to speak into your lives today, to deliver this word. I'm really humbled and I honor the anointing. I also send my regards to our mom. We love you so much. So we've talked about this being the 17th day of our 40 days of grace, speed, and effectiveness. Those words really give me goosebumps. Like the mere fact that you're participating in these days, you are assured of grace, you are assured of speed and effectiveness. And on my side, I already have testimonies. There are things I've seen work in my life in relation to the grace, to the speed and effectiveness. And these things come with just obedience and following. Just follow fast. It is as simple as that. And it is prophetic. It is a word that was given to our shepherd. The moment you do that, they will become natural to you. Praise God. So we are continuing with the topic our shepherd has been taking us through from day one, which are altars. And I believe all of us right now are well conversant with the word altars. And I'm assured that all of us right now, it has settled, even in our bone marrows, that we are the altars. Is there anyone who doubts that you're not the altar, you're not God's Bethel? Is there anyone who doubts? I've grown up thinking that having an altar is setting it aside. Having a small place, you even mop it and clean it and don't pass past there. And... That is the altar. But oh my God, if I'm praying, if I'm moving, if I'm singing, if I'm bathing, I remain the altar. You know, that is how much God has loved us. And I'm sure all of us now are assured of that. Even if we wake you up at, in the middle of the night, hey, who are you? It's no offense if you tell them that I'm the altar of God. Eh? It's no offense because you truly are. Praise God. So he went ahead and told us that there are things we have to do in order to establish these altars. God's things are done God's way and no other way. Praise God. And these things are simple and most of us have done them. He described the things that form the altar. And one of them, physically the altars we've been thinking about have wood. Praise God. But he went ahead and told us that in this case, for us who are the altars, the wood is actually the word of God. If you are really the altar you're describing, if you're really the altar you're proud of, then the word of God should be part and partial of you. Praise God. He went ahead and told us about the bricks and the stones. And he rated the bricks and the stones to the brokenness and repentance. Praise God. Whereby if you are to be that perfect altar we are talking about, your heart should be truly broken 
and you should have reached a point of repentance. And yesterday he clarified that repentance is not any man's wanting. You can't just wake up today and you say from today onwards I've repented. That's why people who are addicted to alcohol go back and take alcohol. Because they try to do it on their own. But actually, repentance is by the grace of God. It is by the grace of God that you realize that I've gone asunder. Let me turn. And it's still the grace that enables you to turn and walk right. So those are so far two things. And the third thing he talked about was the fire and essence. And he related the fire and essence to our prayers. So you may have repented. You may have the word. But if you don't have a room where you gun, you're like, Jeke terrible, then your altar is lacking something. Praise God. Your altar is not having an essence. Your altar is not sending a sweet aroma to heaven that he has to turn in and say, who is that? Oh, that's if you're not shandering. You know, you're like, when I read church, I'll pray. After I have zonal pastors and MC leaders, they are praying for me. No, your altar, you as an altar, you have to be prayerful. Praise God. And so the next thing he talked about was the sacrifice. And he told us that an altar is not an altar unless there is a sacrifice. And somebody was making a joke that living sacrifices are actually the best thing is modeling, you know? They model off the altar. And yesterday he tackled something. He told us about, he started sharing about the power of sacrifice. Praise God. And I'm humbled to tell you about the power of sacrifice. Praise God. Being a medical personnel, I had a lot of theory about pregnancy and delivery. And I would look at a pregnant woman. Hey, when you're vomiting, chew popcorn, chew crisps, and you know, wake up in the morning, shower cold water, the weakness will go. When you chew those things, the nausea will go. Tell your mind, I'm not vomiting. Hey, that became real the moment I conceived. You people, pregnancy became real and I lost touch with myself. I forgot myself. I forgot how I looked like. And one of my neighbors was like, for even if they throw you outside, that dog can't eat you. That describes that I was more of H-ho-hara-hara-ho-hara in simple terms, horror. Like my appearance could scare away a dog, really? Because of pregnancy. Yet I had a lot of theory about how to go. You know, this thing is manageable. It is your mindset. Renew your mind about pregnancy. Think about that baby every day. That was me <laughs> before. But when I conceived, I realized that I'm not a medic. I repented and I always saw to handle a pregnant woman with care. I've promised myself to always listen to them after the experience. Praise God. But pregnancy was now a walkover. But my dear labor came. And the contents of labor are actually unlawful to utter. For those of you who read the Bible, those words are common to you. <laughs> Praise God. Like, you can't describe labor. It has no similar steps that in brown girls, it's like this. In tall girls, no. 
Each one is unique. Praise God. So a time came in the middle of my labor and I saw surgeon who was in charge of me and the doctor trying to whisper to my husband. So I walked to them and I told them, doctor, medical, it's called normal progress. I told them if the progress is not normal, please consider my son first. And my husband didn't want to hear that. I told him, save my son. Because I saw them whispering and... <sighs> and after what Musumba has been teaching us, I realized that at that moment, I had sacrificed myself for my son. I had given up my life so that my son could actually live. Praise God. And one thing you have to realize is that sacrifice is done in tears and pain. Most of us mistake sacrifice with helping. Like, oh my gosh, I have very many old clothes. Send them to sign your baby's home. That is not sacrificing. A true sacrifice is done out of pain and tears. But the beauty with it, the person you do it for receives it joyfully. Praise God. You sacrifice and... You know, Indian movies are so good with that. The girl is walking and the secret admirer sees them and he comes and blocks his way and dies. <laughs> Praise God. But now I want you to picture what I've just told you. Sacrifice is done in tears and pain. Let's look at Psalms 126 verse 5. And it reads, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtlessly come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Praise God. One thing I want to assure you is that however much I had sacrificed myself, the pain, there are a lot of complications related with that. But... When it came to the part of my husband receiving his son, he was very joyful. He was happy. And that joy continues up to now. When he looks at my son, he tells me, eh, you gave me a handsome boy. His son. His son. Not mine. <laughs> Praise God. One thing you have to realize is that the word sacrifice appears 213 times in the Bible. Which is not a mistake. Like every time they write and, and sacrifice, 213 times. But one thing you have to realize is that the biggest sacrifice we can ever talk about is actually Jesus. Praise God. There is a great writer called John Calvin. He wrote and said, God was an enemy of men until they were restored to favor by the death of Christ. This is just a writer. God was an enemy of men. God was our enemy. Hmm? Until they were restored to favor by the death of Christ. Meaning the death of Christ restored favor, our favor back to God. We earned favor. A favored person, you know, can you describe, everyone describe a favored person. If you are to say that I'm favored, describe yourself. 
Actually, the best words would be slack. All of you are conversant with that. Safe, loved, accepted, connected. Praise God. Like, to say that you're, you're favored, you move safely. You know that you're loved. You know that you are accepted. That means you'll not move into any place and fail to be recognized. You'll not try anything and it fails because you're accepted. And then you're connected. Hmm? And the connections you're talking about are not the connections of the government. No, 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 no. We are talking about supernatural connections. Praise God. And so he goes ahead and says, they were cursed until their iniquity was expiated by the sacrifice of Christ. You people, we were cursed. But then the Bible tells us that at one moment, God told Abraham that I'll bless whoever blesses you and I'll curse. The Bible also describes a cursed person. With your common knowledge, I think you know what a cursed person is like. They actually don't have the slack. They are not safe. They are not loved. They are not accepted. They are not connected. You are just there. Over surviving by whose mercies? Praise God. Then he says, then, but you have to realize that this writer, he must have had wisdom, doesn't differ much from the words Musumbas always told us. These words are encrypted on some of our bottles that because of Jesus and by Jesus, I have been given a right standing with God. Do you realize that that is just a simple explanation of what this man said? We lacked favor before God. We were cursed. But then Jesus did that. He earned the favor for us. And so it's not false and it is really strong. And a bold statement to say that because of Jesus and by Jesus, I have been given a right standing with God. Praise God. But when we talk about Jesus, there is a word we normally don't forget, which is faith. Praise God. Our faith is different and unique in a way that it starts with death. Praise God. You can't say I have faith if a part of you or the whole of you has not died. Otherwise, if the you is living, you'll always figure out things. It may be a whole you, it may be a partial you. You always feel, I can figure this out, I got this. And I've always told us that when you always reach a point of, let me get a solution for this, faith has run away. Having faith is knowing that I actually can't do anything and you surrender it to the one who can actually sort it. But then this faith of ours begins with death. Let's turn to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. And it reads... I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives. We've all seen this movie. We've all had a rough picture 
of how the crucifixion was and the death. But the Bible tells us that we have been crucified with Christ. That we no longer live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So you can't tell me that you have faith if you're the one who is still seated on your throne. You have, come to, you have to come to a point of acceptance that actually I died and it is Christ living. Praise God. Pastor Simon was taking us through the promises and he was telling us that whoever Christ is, that is us. Meaning whenever we have doubt, it is Deborah living and not Christ. Whenever you have fear, it is Deborah living and not Christ. Whenever you get worried, it is Kevin living and not Christ. Praise God. So do you agree to that? The scripture is clear. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. In the son of God. Who loved me. And gave himself for me. He loved you before you knew. He loved you before you even existed. This is all in Jeremiah. He loved you. He knew you. Before the foundations of the earth were formed. And since he knew you. Since he knew the crooked you. Since he knew the dirty you. Since he knew the sinful knew you. He loved you. And because he loved you. He chose to give himself up for you. Because he knew that on your own you would worry. He knew that on your own you can't contain anything. Like anything. You can't sustain yourself alive even for a single minute. He knew those details. But because he loved you. He gave himself up. He became everything you look yourself at and think it's negative. He became that 2,000 years ago. Everything you go back in your bed and you start judging yourself about, he died for that. You know, Musumbaris tells us to listen to sermons that he preached. I was listening to one of them and he was saying, if Christ is the righteousness of God, I am the righteousness of God. If Christ is the light of the world, I am the light of the world. If Christ is the salt of the... Because he died for you, you automatically get that. By faith. Praise God. But this will come from the point of you knowing that I actually died And it is not me living, but it's him. So all the excellence that he carries is actually my normal. Praise God. Is actually my normal. That's why you'll see Musumba always speaking that I'll go to offices and people will just give me whatever I want. That I'll enter in a room, I'll, enter for, I'll go for a conference and I'll not lag behind. They'll always be away of calling me in front because he carries the excellence of God. But this comes with an understanding and the faith that you carry. 
It's not a matter of uttering this. No. Uttering them, but this thing has to live. It has to be part of you. You have to believe it. Africans need proof. But this believe. Show me and I'll trust you. No. Read this and believe. Praise God. You are exactly what Christ is. So whatever thing you're facing, whatever challenge seems to stand your way, before you even think of rebuking, don't waste your shanda moment, rebuking. Waste that time renewing your mind about who you are through faith. Praise God. Pastor J, praise God. Amen. Sacrifice is giving ourselves up for God's sake. Praise God. I was telling you that most people mistake sacrifice with the charity that we do. By the way, I give in church. I give. I give. And that's a sacrifice now. Um, we always go and reach in, you know, places along the way where we donate food. That is not sacrifice. I, out of my salary, I get 50% and I send it. That is not sacrifice. Because remember, we describe sacrifice as giving with tears and pain. Praise God. You realize that God sacrificed his only son for us. And God did it in such a beautiful way that he got the best. He got his best. And that is before you existed. That is before you even formed in your mother's womb. He picked his best. And this best walked our races, walked our walks 2,000 years back. You know, whenever I'm facing an affliction, the Bible calls them little afflictions. You call them problems. Whenever I'm facing little afflictions, I'm like, what? He walked this mile. And he came out victorious. Um, he walked the mile. Praise God. Remembering that God carried his best. And he made it a sacrifice. Back to our altar. We have the wood, which is the word of God. On our altar, we have the stones and bricks. By this time, I believe by the grace of God, we've repented and we have broken hearts. Praise God. And on this altar of ours, we have fire and essence. I believe we are praying. But we also mentioned that an altar is not an altar unless it has fire, unless it has a sacrifice. Praise God. But then the Bible has told us that God gave us his only son. When you read through the Old Testament, 
Man always tried to atone for his sins by getting sacrifices. Okay, today you've stolen, bring a bird, a hen. You take a hen. Oh, this sin is bigger than a hen. Bring a pigeon. You take a pigeon. When I get today, bring a goat. Eh, this same bring a cow. Bring a sheep. I hear a dove. Praise God. You realize that in order to get better results, a bigger sacrifice needed to be given. Depending on the magnitude of what it was going to be sacrificed for. So I want you to analyze yourself. Look at yourself clearly. <laughs> what sacrifice would really match you? A cow. The elephants are not even part of the list. Praise God. But God gave us a sacrifice that was priceless. Gave us a gift that was way bigger than anything that had been given. And from the time that sacrifice was made, we can boldly sing that nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's sing that. What can... Praise God. So keep on listing everything that you know you don't qualify for. And reassure yourself with nothing but the blood of Jesus. Because when we sing the song, you might disappear in that. Wash away my sins. Break them down. You know those things. List them and sing it. And reassure yourself that the blood of Jesus Christ washed it away. So whenever your mind is trying to assure you that, babe, actually, <laughs> you're like, nothing but the blood. With whatever you're struggling, it is nothing, nothing, totally nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. And by doing that, you realize that he became what we were. He became that list you're just making. And you became what he is. Praise God. You become the righteousness of God by default. <laughs> Praise God. Right now, there is a song we normally sing. I am a child of who? Of God. Because of what? Jesus and by Jesus. Praise God. Because of the sacrifice. Because of what he did. You can probably say that I'm a child of God. Most of you say I'm a man of God, I'm a woman of God. Wog, mog. Hey, you can boldly say that because he died for our sins. Because he became the only sacrifice that could atone for anything but that we have. Praise God. But are you getting that confidence relating to the faith that we get from Galatians 2.20? These things can only make you crazy if it settles deep within you. Otherwise, we shall say them. You will nod and live here the way you came. But this thing is real. You know, I normally ask kids, are you a girl or a boy? And they say, I'm a girl. How sure are you? I'm a girl. 
What do you have to confirm? I'm a girl. They know. It's settled within them. This is how it should settle with you. You are a child of God because of the sacrifice. Because of a priceless sacrifice. Because of a man who took up what you are. We, make, we, we say scriptures like, by his stripes I was healed. He took all your disease. And it was not a matter of coming and picking. He endured pain. Disease comes with pain. He endured it. He cried. He got wounds from those stripes. So that me and you can attain health and health in abundance. He carried a cross. A heavy cross for you. And some of you can say, I'm undergoing depression because of the burden. The burden is too heavy. He took the burden. Praise God. He carried the heavy cross so that we can move lightly. We have an inheritance because of the work Jesus did. He became a lamb that was slain. John the Baptist had prophesied about this. A lamb that will wash away our sins and we are white as snow. Musumba told us that at the altar that is the point when we tap things from the spiritual and bring them to the natural. And he was telling us that Abraham carrying his son to the mountain and being ready to sacrifice him was a symbol. He actually tapped from the spiritual to the natural and showed us what Christ was going to do for us. And he also told us that at that time, when the angel gave him a lamb, he said, Lord, this mountain shall be called a place where the Lord provides. And it is not by surprise that that mountain, mountain Moriah, is where Calvary was. Calvary is. That is actually where the lamb was slain. So as an altar, are you really tapping from the spiritual and bringing it to the natural? Or you're living blindly like an ordinary person who doesn't know Christ? Are things catching you by surprise? Or you're controlling them? You have the power. You have the authority. And we've been told that God has given us his promises. These promises can only make manifest in your life if you tap them from the spiritual and bring them to the physical. So, what is our stand? Praise God. It's only at the point when we come to agree that Jesus 
is the only sacrifice that we need on our altars that we can evoke the power of sacrifice. That being our fourth thing, the power of? I'm sure most of you came knowing that we are going to tell you spending an overnight here is the sacrifice, is the power of sacrifice. No. When God gave us his best, his best died for us and atoned for our sins. One, we have to come to a point of realizing that he is the only sacrifice. The sheep failed. The cows couldn't work. The gods couldn't. It's currently that you hear people sacrificing their children and their spouses. But all those don't work. At the end of the day, these guys have a virtue. Total satisfaction coming from, comes from you realizing that actually the biggest sacrifice ever made is that of Jesus Christ. And it ended at Calvary. No wonder he said it is finished. So if Christ considers it finished and you're still updating your problems to the new current version, stress updated, worry updated, poverty, version 20 what? <laughs> Yet, 2,000 years ago, at Calvary, on the cross, he said it is it is already done. And you're busy upgrading while coming to church. As you upgrade. Child of God. <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes God looks at us and is like, You know, Msumba was telling us that when we reach heaven, we shall look down and we realize we look at the things we were supposed to do and we did nothing. <laughs> and we wasted our kingdom time updating. And you're like, oh God, I was supposed to win souls. I was updating stress. I was supposed to heal the sick. This dead person was supposed to resurrect this day. I was meditating on my depression. Hey. So we have to come to a point of realization that Jesus Christ was the perfect sacrifice we ever needed. And since it was a gift given to us, gifts are funny, when I offer you a gift, it's up to you to receive it or to take it. But in most cases, when somebody gifts you, the gift comes with more excitement. And under normal circumstances, we expect a steady, normal relationship. Praise God. Because you can't give me a gift and you're like, hey, you've given it to me, it ends here, go. No. Praise God. And so, when God gave us Jesus, when Jesus gave himself up for us, we have to do one thing, is to accept this. The sacrifice is already there. The sacrifice is already there. 
the wood is there. The bricks, the word, the repentance, the brokenness, the prayers are there and the sacrifice was given once and for all. So the aroma is actually rising. It's you who is not aware. It's you who is wasting kingdom time. Let's turn to the book of Colossians. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. The Bible says that as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. Relating to what I've just told you. The sacrifice was given unto us. He paid the price. But it takes you receiving Christ Jesus as the Lord. I'm mesmerized with how the Baganda honor their king. To the extent that if he's passing and somebody's driving, there is a way they bow down and with some words. That is how much they honor. But the Bible is telling us that therefore have received Christ Jesus as the Lord. So if you honor the Kabaka, if you honor any person in your life, this time around you've received Jesus Christ as the Lord. Lord is a very powerful person. Praise God. And they take charge. So you've therefore received Christ Jesus as the Lord. So walk in him. There is a reason why we have a comma here. There are chances that you've received the guy, but you don't walk in him. You come to church and pray and even get slain. Because you received Jesus Christ as the Lord. But remember, this Jesus that we are receiving is the perfect sacrifice. And what we have to do is to receive him and accept that he actually did that. That he's there. So you've received him, but you're not walking in him. The advantage with receiving something from someone, it normally shows. That's why Msumba always tells us that a person who has understood this thing, a person who has caught this thing, shows results. You just cannot remain the same. Something changes about you. You get joy that is unexplainable. You get peace. Whereby everyone will look at you and think A, but you're saying Z. Because you know that I carried everything and gave it to him. Paul tells us that follow me as I follow Christ. By the time Paul speaks those things, he's assured that I'm really walking with Jesus. So besides receiving him, that the way you put up your hand, one up and one in your chest, and you say that I believe, that I've accepted you as my personal Lord and Savior, did it stop there? Or are you walking with him? 
walking with Jesus shows a difference in everything that you do. Praise God. Let's go to verse 27. Verse 7, sorry. Colossians 2, verse 7. How I wish you can join them together and make it 6 and 7. Praise God. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And verse 7 says, rooted. Praise God. Remember, we've accepted the sacrifice. Praise God. But the Bible is telling us we've received the sacrifice. So, we need to walk in him. Walking doesn't mean leaving church and sloping to the road. Everything that you do should actually read Christ. Someone should not have to come and say, because of the work you're having with Christ. Rooted. When you're courting, during courtship, you can say, I'm in this woman, I'm in this man. But in order for one to say that you are rooted, that is when marriage sets in. Even the Bible sees you as one. Praise God. You share everything. You become literally one person. So the Bible is telling us to receive him to walk in him, to be rooted. That doesn't differ much from Galatians 2.20 that we read that says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I. You should be rooted in Christ to the extent that if someone sees you, doesn't see Kevin, but they see Christ, the hope of glory. Because you've become rooted. Praise God. And it goes ahead and says, built up in him. Built up in him. When we talk of build, being built up, anything that is built up speaks for itself. That's why you can say, hey, where do you want to go? Glorious medical clinic. There is a signpost. The signpost has been built. Where are you going? Sent what? The school is there because it shows buildings. That means there is no way you can receive Jesus. There is no way you can walk in him. There is no way you can be rooted in him and not show results. You have to be productive. And so if you are a comfortable born again Christian who received Christ Jesus and I pray in my house and, 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 no. There is something lacking. But if we are to believe that Jesus Christ is that sacrifice on our altars, we need to become 
what this scripture is really describing. And produce results. Praise God. And established in the faith. Praise God. Established in? Please get me Galatians 2.20. King James Version. Not established in faith. But established in the faith. Galatians 2.20. King James Version. There's a reason why the Bible says be established in the faith. The faith that we talked about in Galatians 2.20 that I have been crucified with Christ. Established in the faith. Meaning everything that comes your way you sought it the way we had described in Galatians 2.20. Wind won't blow you anyhow. Praise God. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by And the life which I now live, I live in the, in, in the flesh. I live by? I just like the faith of the Son of God, who is Jesus Christ. This faith is not yours. Have faith in that man. He's the sacrifice on the altar. He's the priceless sacrifice on that altar. And he went on that altar to atone for your sins. He's been to the cross. His being on the cross washed us white as snow. His being on the cross attained us the righteousness of God. And I've told you, he carried whatever he was. Being the son of God, being the righteousness of God, being every good thing you admire in your life, he gave it to you. And he took all the wrath that you carried. And so that is the faith they are telling us about. And Colossians 2.7 concludes by saying, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding is like, what does the word abound mean? Enjoy, remain, remain in that faith with thanksgiving. Praise God. Because he paid the price. He sorted it. So it's only after we come to a point of agreement that Jesus was the only sacrifice and he paid it all. And us giving our lives wholly to God that we attain being whole and being holy. And once you come to that point, do you know what happens? You evoke the power of the sacrifice. Praise God. So, it is us who actually deliver ourselves by not leaving what this says. 
But actually, if by faith, you start walking like what Christ is, you start moving just like the way Christ moves, you start believing everything, no situation moves you, you evoke the power of the sacrifice. And once the power of the sacrifice becomes real in you, hey, you will produce results. You will not need to explain yourself to anyone because you've evoked something. You've stimulated something. I'm a mother, so I normally relate to mothers. When you give birth, breast milk doesn't come immediately. It needs the baby to breastfeed once that you evoke the breast milk to come. So this is something simple. You need to believe that this is actually the sacrifice. And give your life wholly to God. Surrender it. Galatians 2.20 Believe that you are crucified with Christ. The life that you are living is not Kevin, remember Deborah, I'm only living. It is Christ. So as I walk, it is Christ walking. As I preach now, it is Christ preaching. As I move, it is Christ moving. Even in dark moments, I'm not going through this alone. Christ is actually here. Praise God. Leave it all to Christ with assurance that he walked the mile. Surrender it and enjoy the peace that he gives. Enjoy the rest that he gives. It was given. He paid the price. We shouldn't hustle. We shouldn't struggle. He paid it. And when you evoke this power, like I had told you, Results start coming. Abraham became Abraham just like. The moment his altar attained a sacrifice, he immediately stopped being Abraham and became Abraham. Isaac could reap, could sow and reap in dry seasons. Because he had evoked the power of sacrifice. And do you know what happened to Jacob? Jacob made the world and he put it there without a sacrifice. He went and meandered and suffered for 20 years. 20 good years. It was not until when he came and put the sacrifice in its rightful place that everything turned. So are you choosing to become Jacob and fight battles on your own? Or you're ready to let it go? Praise God. Praise King Jesus. There are results that will come naturally and they become normal to you because you've evoked the power of sacrifice. Praise God. So there is no greater sacrifice you're going to give than the Son of God. Fasting, if you think you're fasting to sort a problem and it is sacrificing yourself, that is nothing. Praise God. This lamb was slain. 
we have to give a proper response to this sacrifice. And as we do that, we evoke the power of sacrifice. And our altar will always be producing a sweet aroma to the Lord. Picture this. You have your bricks. And in the bricks there is firewood. That is the word. And you have the lamb on. A perfect lamb. Spotless. And your prayer. Praise God. And so day in, day out. Moment in, moment out. Your altar is sending this aroma. And God is always being forced to turn and look at you and like, this smells good. This smells good. No wonder we end up walking in the light of God. No wonder we end up producing results that are godly. No wonder we end up being the excellence of God. Because due to this aroma on our altars, we have his face shining upon us. Praise God. And that is the power of sacrifice. And so on that note, therefore, I would like us to take the remaining three minutes. I understand you've now mastered this. You've realized who the sacrifice is and what content he carries. And you've realized that receiving this sacrifice and living according to the ways of the sacrifice evokes the power of sacrifice. I would like us to rise up and pray looking at our burning altars and reclaim the lost energy, the lost image we had lost to whatever was consuming us. We are having altars, but because we've been overshadowed with whatever is happening around us, our altars don't have us an essence. Our altars are not sending the aroma to God. Our altars lack fire. Come on, go ahead and speak. Ra bara bara zekete revola jandere revola zekete ra bara 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 kajete ra zendere vola jendere vola kajete revola randere vola zekete revola zekete revo rosa tala vola jendere vola ndeke ma zekete revola zetere revola zanda ra bara 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 Father, we thank you for the sacrifice that you gave us. We thank you because you knew us before we even thought about ourselves. And we thank you because you sorted us in the most priceless way possible. Father, we glorify you. And from today onwards, we receive that sacrifice. And from today onwards, we walk with Jesus Christ. And from today onwards, we are rooted in Christ Jesus. From today onwards, we are built and established in him. And Father, we believe that as he is, that's how we are. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. 
This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679.